Hello and welcome to another fine edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host, Philip Amrine, and I am, I've got a bit of a, a guest star here today. Not a guest co-host, but a guest star. And the reason why I say star is because your vocal talents, Mr. David Hoffman, uh, welcome to the show, first of all, but your vocal talents are such that um, to give you some sort of a greeting and opening welcome to the to the show for uh, anybody any of the new listeners to your to yourself as a person uh you have how many accents available to you i was struggling to figure out what you meant by vocal talents i thought you were talking about singing for a moment there which uh is not <laughs> I my have arena heard you at karaoke uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for you I, I don't know that I've ever counted how many accents. I do various accents to various degrees of accuracy. Seamlessly. Well, seamlessly. certain, I, certain I'll, ones I'll I do that. seamlessly transition in between. Uh, I do the American um, pretty well. Most, uh, most find my, my underlying accent undetectable. Um, I am from South Africa. And I lived many years in the UK as well, so all of those those three accents come very naturally to me. And the various other dialects from within those countries, I can do fairly well. Among many others, so, I have a German grandmother, for example, an Italian grandmother as well. So, yeah, and and normally I keep uh, keep locations at whatever the guest feels most comfortable with, so that way it kind of protects them in case any of our crazy stalker fans many as they as they may be if any of them come up and try and stalk you as a person you're you're you know protected to whatever degree you feel comfortable but for you that will not be a problem because you're coming to us not from like across the uh not from across a, a river or a or even a pond we're talking all the way in in another continent my friend you're coming from the from the netherlands yeah from the great continent of europe the great continent of <laughs> Europe. <laughs> oh, said man, said is... no one ever, I think. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's great now because it houses and homes you for the moment, for the time being. Um, but that's something that we can talk about for another day. Um, but anyways, the reason why you're on, the reason why you're here today, in case for the people that for some reason just subscribe to the podcast, start hit, hit play and didn't even read whatever the title of the of this episode will turn out to be, is to discuss Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Now, normally, normally we would bring up movies that are timely, that uh, have some sort of relevance. And I guess, actually, in fairness to this selection, technically I think The Mandalorian Season 2 just dropped. So, I mean, there is there's some resonance of the Star Wars universe in, in uh, current times. Uh, as of uh, this recording, which is uh, just blossomed into Halloween day, um, but so realistic. Yeah, but I think that I think in the greatest context, greater context of um, of the general Disney Star Wars, it, it does have some relevance. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, does hold relevance um, as something of a of a crux within the entire saga. For some, uh, but the reason why it's being discussed between us is something more personal, and it's that when you and me first met under a mutual friend, uh, one of the most contentious 
and vitriolic debates we and discussions we've ever had concerned this film and its status uh, amongst Star Wars films, where it ranks. Exactly. Uh, I think we disagreed very strongly. Um, it was a, I think it was a four-person argument or five-person argument, and it was three against two. Um, I stand strongly in favor of this movie. I think that it, it, when it first came out, I was absolutely delighted, especially in contrast with The, with the Force Awakens, which had come out a year earlier. And you... I, I certainly thought it was near the bottom of the heap of Star Wars films, which is saying something considering the animated Clone Wars film did not do so well and is in, is in lore and canon. So I, I think that it, it, it's, it's interesting to, that such a film that had such a high production value put into it can be, have such differing and polarizing opinions. However, you implored me, you begged me, you said, Philip, please, by all that is good and holy, watch this once more. Give it, I give it another try. And so I did. I did. We, I, I literally am coming straight from my second viewing of this film. Uh, second time I've seen it since the initial opening weekend. And um, I did get a, a, get a fresh perspective on it, get a fresh outlook on it. Um, you recently watched it for the second time, yes? Yes. Well, not the second One. time, the the dozenth time or something, <laughs> but yes. Right, right, right. Yes, a, a fresh viewing for specifically set for this podcast. Right, and and one of my issues when we first had the argument was that obviously Phil had only seen this once, um, and I was convinced that having only seen it once years ago his opinions might change. At which point you brought up the point, should I have to see a movie more than once in order for it to be good? Is it Can it be good if you have to watch it a second time? Which is a valid point. But which I is still... a valid point. And I would, I would say, uh, yeah, I would argue consists and persists to me in this time, which it can't even, it, you're right, is, is a somewhat of a separate argument. But I would say that there is a difference between a film that begs to be asked to be seen a second time in order to hold view, uh, uh, value unto itself and to hold greater value to those and reward those who would watch it a second time, a la, you know, maybe like The Sixth Sense, where once you know the twist, if you know the twist and you enjoyed the twist, going back and watching it and and relishing knowing the twist brings almost something of a different experience. Um, that that houses something different than some to me. What Star Wars a Rogue, uh, excuse me, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, uh, and for all intents and purposes, stands to be, which is a standalone feature film that is a story that there's no major twists or 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 swerves within the the writing of the story that begs to that brings new direction upon a second viewing um just as a general story okay i i think i follow um let let me just clarify that i didn't require a second viewing to love i i did go back to theaters to see it a second time but that was only because i (laughs) I was a college student at the time, and I had gone to see the midnight premiere of this movie, and was so 
horribly exhausted that I was battling to stay awake um, in the final minutes of the film. And so I had to go see it again. <laughs> Which I think adds to my point. Adds to my point. Because I, too, had the same challenge, but I digress. I think I'm think i sure for very different reasons. Anyway, I do want to talk about what you... The arguments that you have brought up to me in the past um, that, that, that you used to justify why you didn't like the film. And the biggest one Please. was character the characters yeah. of the story um mm -hmm. you you found them to be unrelatable uh do you want to do you want to talk to that a little bit yeah 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 uh so i found them unrelatable let's i mean if you want to just start going down the line i mean we've got felicity jones as jen urso and as i'm reading this i'm reading this directly straight off of imdb i could not you could have given me i just watched this for the second time and i Jen, I don't think I would have been able to... I think I could have pulled out either Jin or Urso. I don't think you could have given me 10 guesses and I would have been able to, to house those two together. I would have said um, Genesis, Urso, or... No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I think it's... I think it's... I think it's... Um, or Genevieve uh, Torso or something. Like, I, <laughs> okay. I would not... Well, it's, it's so un... Your inability to, to recall the name is... Has questionable okay. relevance to the character itself. No, but I think that that actually holds a point. Like even in original Star Wars lore, Han. Okay, that's a that's something of an unusual name, I suppose. But at least it's it's something you know, one syllable, whatever. Luke is completely just a viable, just random name. Like the weirdest you get is is Chewie, Chewbacca. Like okay, well, like Chewbacca. I, I will say that's extremely memorable. Luke Skywalker is impossible to forget. I mean, even if you hear it once. Han Solo, they they did sort of try to go with that that Star Warsy kind of name, Jin Erso, Han Solo. It yeah, fits. but but it. My point is, is that it's throughout the entire cast. We're talking Jin Erso, Cassian Andor, uh, Chirrut Imwe, uh, Bayes Malbus. Uh, I mean, where do you want me to stop? Saw Guerrera, Bodhi Rook. I mean, okay. Bodhi. Excuse me, Bodhi Rook. I will say this. I okay. I, I don't, I've never read uh, Star Wars uh, books or anything, but I think that I know that there are some of those characters came from Star Wars Rebels. Not all. Yeah. I, I know that I know that Saw Gerrera has made an appearance in some other Star Wars lore. So, and, and what a wonderful segue into probably my biggest issue is that. With somehow with this film, the thing that I thought I at least could hold on to uh, in this film, and it, it becomes a bigger theme that uh, becomes harder to. But I hate that that in order to enjoy this film, you truly did have to see every single other Star Wars film in order, or at least at bare 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 minimum, the original the original saga. Because I get it whenever you're in the crux and in the middle of the original saga, you're like, episode three. Oh, well, it would make sense that I would see the other episodes in order to enjoy this, right? It's it's a trilogy, whatever. But even the other films that have come out as standalones uh, from the Star Wars film, like Solo. Um, Solo, <laughs> it, it, it works as a solo film. You, you don't have to... I would even argue that that's probably one of, if not the best film. If you only get one shot to convert somebody who's not a Star Wars fan, has never seen a film, that's a great film to be like, this pretty much encapsulates everything you need. You, you, you 
would want in a Star Wars film. It's fun. It's great. Like this is a good this is a good gateway drug into Star Wars. I can uh, I this... can agree to an extent. However, if you show someone so I liked Solo. If you show someone Solo, they may well like it, and they you know they may well be intrigued and want to see more Star Wars, but they're gonna find more Star Wars to be very different from what Solo is. Solo is very much a space western, and the rest of Star Wars uh, is very different, I think. Well, but to to that point, this this certainly is its own theme to it. It feels very much what like Captain America is of the Marvel universe, where it's an, it's a it has as much of a spy and espionage feel as as a as a film can have, while still being based in a fantastical reality. Uh, so that's not the issue. But the issue for me is is like Saw Gerrera embodies the 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 problem of this film in that you need to have prior knowledge in order to gain any any semblance of of exaltation whenever you see him on film on stay on on film on in scene and character and it and it offer it he his existence only offers more questions than any form of answers he comes on on film and he's like he he has that line of we have a long ride ahead of us and then how how absolutely appropriate is that line when it's just like wait okay so wait they're they're going to explain him and his 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 presence and what he does and as base of an of a explanation as they can give they do but whenever they're like oh he's a rebel leader but the next time we see him he's only got a head the rest of him's complete general grievous and he's just, he's yet another Star Wars generic Star Wars film character that has a breathing problem. Like it just it it's he's unoriginal <laughs> in that in that in that <laughs> sense. He his every every device that uses him and utilizes him, which is somewhat critical to the story, just makes no sense. His decision to self sacrifice at the end for no reason, no hero sacrifice. At least if he were to be like, go save yourself, I'll hold them off. I understand that sacrifice. If it's, if it's, huh, you know, he jumps on a on a mine or a grenade that you know that saves somebody else. I I get that, but for him to just be lazy and to just be like, I'm done. <laughs> I I, it, it, I I I from a cinematic I, point of view, I can agree with that. I thought that that was lazy writing in a way to introduce this character that that certain fans will recognize and be excited about. Put him in the trailer, you know, to, again, get fa- those fans excited. It, I, yeah, I found it to be a little bit lazy. From a cinematic point of view, killing him off like that, again, lazy writing, a little stupid. But in a real sense, that character had been fighting a war for decades and had had enough. Do you know what I mean? Here's the thing. I I as a person viewing afterwards, I it's one thing to ask me to reason out one person, one character, their their choices, their their existence, their decisions. But when it starts to be a list and it's the entire cast list of characters, that's where I have have a problem. The fact that that oh god, what what's the robot's name? K9 uh, K2SO K2SO. Clearly, yeah, K2SO, excuse me. The fact that KTSO 
played by the incredibly talented Alan Tudyk um, of Moana chicken fame. Uh, the fact that is that is by by, um, by far and away the clearest, not only fan favor but the the best moment and and character who steals every single scene. Not not a single scene in that entire film that K2SO is involved in is not stolen by K2SO. The fact that that remains to be and and is the strongest character you have holds no value to me when it's also a at best a secondary character again if we're going to even go in remain in the star wars universe of solo there's another robot character in there who also holds a very good position of power within that cast is a very well-developed character while it's a great character the robot within solo uh, a Star Wars film, while it's a great character and you offer a lot of feelings and is a fan favorite, that character is not clear in a way by far the best character that you can definitely say within Rogue a Star Wars story, Rogue One a Star Wars story, K2SO clearly and definitively is. I I can't argue with that, I but I don't see that so much as a negative. I thought that K2SO complemented the cast uh, beautifully. I I loved the dynamic of the group. If you look at if you look at the original what? Star Wars trilogy, no, I did. This is let, hold on. If you look at the original Star Wars trilogy, one of the what one of the huge differences between the original Star Wars trilogy and Phantom Menace, for example, is that in the Phantom Menace they tried to recreate this this journey through space on the spaceship with with you know, a group of people who who end up go, going off track, landing on Tatooine, and and you know plans get diverted and 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 things get messy. The the dynamic of the original okay. Star Wars the the gang in the original Star Wars trilogy is uh, fun. They disagree. There's there's tension, both sexual and aggressive. Um, now. Perhaps Rogue One lacks in the sexual tension area, but I I, yeah, I, I mean, liked I, I that they they, they that. disagreed so strongly. There was such conflict in between the the characters, and yet they had a very similar goal. and And they disagreed from start to finish, almost almost to, to the end. They finally sort of align, but that's after the task has sort of been completed. You know that they 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 succeeded in their task. Um, I thought it really worked. I, I, I thought that Jin's character and Cassian's character clashed and, and some of the, the, the events of the film are, are so like you would think would drive them apart, but of course they're united under this goal of, of, um, of fighting, fighting in the rebellion against the empire. They both have this strong hatred for the empire, um, Similarly to you know, similar to what um, what unites the the gang the the team in, in the original Star Wars trilogy post post um, episode four episode one whatever whichever sort of right um, whichever if you're gonna go chronologically or right upon release um, because Han Solo is kind of sort of too independent in the in that first movie but then you know beyond that they share that you know they they share that common goal. 
Um, as much as they could have done in one film for these characters, um, I think that they did. And K2SO is extremely complimentary, is finally an interesting droid. We don't really get that from the original, even from the original Star Wars trilogy. C-3PO is... God, I find him so irritating. I Even in the original movies, His I think most people do. Yeah, but it's... It, yeah. it's Maybe it translates well for children. Um, when I was a kid, he didn't irritate me as much. Now he really does in every single movie that he's in, <laughs> including the new ones. Um, R two D two was R two D two was fun, but doesn't actually say anything. Same with BB eight. I actually I thought BB eight was one of the highlights of the new trilogy, but absolutely again is 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 just a, a ball that squeaks. Um. K2SO was finally a really interesting droid character. And and I know that he's a secondary character and, and you say he's the most interesting character in the story. Perhaps. By matter far. of opinion. By I think far. he's I think he I think I I don't disagree with you. I, I'm not sure if I would say the most, but but it's hard to disagree with that. I, I love the character. And I, I but I still, even though he's a secondary character, I still find it hard to see that as a negative. I see it as a negative because when <laughs> in in list of importance for me on like when when I'm a viewer and I'm an audience member and I can I can tell you that the fact that it that the movie itself is polarizing lends credence to at least I'm not the only one and that's a problem like you should have a, a directed point of view as a filmmaker towards like okay I want the audience to be united in feeling this um when we as an as as a as an entity as an audience entity don't connect with Jin Urso and Cassian Andor in the in the sense of I don't even know what upon our first like opening moments and up until like I I'd, I'd want to say the last eighth of the film I don't even think Cassian Andor is an enjoyable character a likable character a redeemable character Jin is truly not well developed in that I, I she I will Felicity Jones is acting her butt off for what she's given I will give her that and the, her uh, upon her second viewing she, for me showed more favorability whenever she's watching that hologram and I'm not just annoyed by what Saw Gerrera and Forrest Whitaker's lack of presence is. And I can, I can now fully focus on at least like what, what, you know, kind of going deeper dive. I can enjoy that she's giving a, a, st a stellar acting performance. But as a character, Jen Erso, I, there's, there's no meat on that bone to be like, oh, um, this just seems convenient. It doesn't seem natural progressions and then Cassian Andor is I dare say an unlikable character at least at least with um with Ben Mendelsohn's character Orson Krennic at least I'm supposed to not like him and I I can empathize and say wow that is that guy is doing a great job of coming up with a dislikable character uh I I just I don't I don't think that to have the two co-leads on a film both of which don't have strong developments in my eyes, and I and at least in in a, a half of of the general audience's eyes as well. I don't think okay. that that favors I favors a film. Okay, I I think that let's look at Jen's story. What they present in the film. She okay. starts out. They show her as a, as a child and her close relationship with her father. 
she's separated from her parents at a very young age. Her father never comes for her. She feels abandoned. She sees and her mom die. Yeah, exactly. That's and then she gets raised by Saw Gerrera, who again um, leaves her. You know, she gets abandoned again by Saw Gerrera. If I'm remember remembering correctly, what the, yeah. those lines were. Um, yeah. I, th that shows that there's that's her struggle, right? And that turns her into this sort of uh, sort of gray character. Um, uh, you know, outside of the law, it doesn't even align with the rebels, really. Um, and she rediscovers her purpose when she sees that hologram of her father. Um, she, she gets thrown into this thing where she sort of has to lead the rebels towards, um, you know, to, to uh, Saw Gerrera. And, and then she sees that, that hologram and she finds her purpose. Her, her father gives her this message. Um, and, and you, you, that, 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 that feeling that you got when she was young and, and, and still with her father is sort of, that's reignited in her. I felt that as well. Um, and then, and yeah, she rediscovers her purpose and, and it's up to her to sort of, uh, fight, to realign the rebels with their, their, their cause to reignite the, the flame, you know, as for Cassian Andor, you're not supposed to like him. You're really not, not in the beginning. You're, you're supposed to dislike Cassian Andor. He's, he's, he's the majority of the film. Yes, I think so. He, I mean, look at what he does in the film. He he sneaks on. What, what does he do? Um, he he kills like, the from spy. From the moment to start they off. leave, from the moment they leave the rebel base to go find uh, Saw Gerrera, um, he gets told by by a higher up uh, rebel leader, um, like forget the, forget what was what was said in the meeting. You find him, you kill him, right? So he's automatically right. in the audience's eyes. This is this is a guy who's who's doing something. bad. he's a villain, right? Um, sort of in this in the sto story in Jin's story, he's kind of a villain. And then and then he's you know he uh, when they land on um, I forget the name the 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 the, the, uh, the no the, the 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 base where the empire has where they're keeping um, Galen Urso. Uh, he he puts together his sniper rifle, whatever, and and he plans on on killing Galen Urso. And so again, he's he's the villain in Jin's story, and we don't want him to succeed because because we believe Galen Urso that he is trying to to he you know has this plan to put a flaw in the Death Star, and and Cassian Andor doesn't buy it, you know, so we buy it as an audience. Cassian Andor does not. So again, he is he's working against Jin. And it's only when he uh, realizes that it's the way he, you know, changes, has a change of heart and realizes that that he is aligned with Jin and wants to help her that that we then start to like him and and you know, he starts he sort of goes from being kind of a an a, an obstruction to to helping you know you know i i we've we we, we got to move on but i i i suppose we'll have to leave it at as a as a as a difference of opinion at the very at the very least but okay um but but i the one that 
that demands to be talked about, because I, I know it, certainly upon its, its opening, many people talked about this, is the point of Governor Tarkin's, uh, not, not just cameo, but I'd almost say prominent right. role within the film. And, yes. and, Grand and, and it goes Tarkin. Grand, Grand Moth Tarkin. Yeah. Um, obviously, the original actor at the time upon you know the creation of the original Star Wars film was was older, and so he has thus since passed away. And so they made a decision to CGI and implant his his character, his, his uh, Grand Moth Tarkin. The actor died, so they're they're implementing his right. character in. C- via CGI, and I gotta tell you, that was. I, may, I I really just feel like the the film would the film as a whole would have been serviced had they written around it had it had it been a cameo much like Leia's cameo of CGI perhaps perhaps even in a hologram rather than in person, and that way it absolutely because I, I I thought it was amazing what they did it looked amazing but it still didn't quite look like a, a, a human, like a real actual yeah, it, actor. It, it, and for I me, thought, it was unsettling. I can agree with you 100% there. It should have been a much smaller role, especially since Krennic was, I thought, was a great character, director Krennic. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and you did have Darth Vader still voiced by James Earl Jones, although you could, I, I will say, you could hear James Earl Jones is now, obviously, uh, 40 years and, older. <laughs> Yes, um, yes. As as incredible as his voice still is, it has changed. But you, you do have James Earl Jones, and a lot of what uh, Tarkin did could have perhaps been done by James by Darth Vader. I just I, think I, this the the film, even though you, there could be an argument script wise that it, it demanded it more. I think that you're it, when you have about like three pseudo villains. You have Cassian, who in your eyes can be a pseudo villain. We have Tarkin, who is a villain, uh, mm-hmm. we have we have Galen Erso, who could be a pseudo villain for a small time, and then like we have General Draven, who's the guy who tells him to to kill Erso, uh, you know, who acts as a small time villain, but just going through. And then we have Krennic, of course. When we're going through all of those, I I really just didn't think that I think that the film itself would have been served in a in a better position had. Tarkin just been limited to a cameo. I really like you said it, it perfectly. Krennic is is such a fine, and Mendelssohn pulls off the character in a very very good light. That I it it just seemed unnecessary, and it's almost the Jaws complex of the reason why you only see the shark like two to three times in the film is because you only need to see the and it's it's to its greatest effect if you only see it two to three times in the film. Um, I I just I disagree with that decision. I disagreed with that decision, and it and it goes from unnerving to each to being something of a nuisance each time you you then proceed and further and further in the film to see, oh, I guess we are going to continue and come back to here to a character who is obviously dead. Whatever. Um, yeah, that and, and I I definitely don't disagree with you on that point. Uh this all being said, I think I've said a lot of critiques. Uh, it's probably best now for me to add the the cream that is inside of this proverbial Oreo cookie, and that it is undeniable, undeniable that the lone compliment that I can like it is <laughs> that this film demands and deserves 
is that the visuals are just are just beautiful. Breathtaking. Yes. I was beautiful. I was going to bring that up as well. The cinematography in this film is incredible. Uh, throughout, I, from from the very first shot after you 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 know it it sort of teases a scrolling credit scrolling uh, thing in the beginning, like in in the Star Wars episodes, but you don't get that, which is great. I'm so glad that they didn't do that. And and you get that first shot of the the ship flying, you know, flying onto the the planet where Galen Erso is is living. Yeah, breathtaking. Jin's opening and then homeworld throughout, is lush and green and vibrant. Oh, right, and 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 then even the shots on Jeddah, um, the uh, the the images, especially in the, even in the final the final uh, battle, when they're on the planet on uh, um, the planet where the the data. I forget is being what the planet's held. called, but I call it in and out world because it just looks so perfect. It's like a paradise. It's right. It's like, this, Caribbean this tropical tropical paradise. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Even either. even uh, I I think an accomplishment for the visuals is the destruction of Jeddah. Like yeah, absolutely. On, it, it's three separate layers of that destruction that you see: one in the distance, one while you're being forced within and warped in the in the thing, and then of course from the view of the Death Star, all three levels are just absolutely breathtaking in a way that i feel like star wars has never fully been capable of like you you absolutely. obviously in order to to set a scene you have in most star wars even like if you think of star wars episode the actual episode one they have you know and a, a three-pronged battle so you see three separate scenes of like within right. the same setting but it's still this is it's never been as defined as crystallized as beautiful as as it is here and that is i i cannot I cannot fully fault the film if that is undeniably a part and within the chemistry of the film. I also want to say the the image of the so what I was getting at was the from the planet the image of the Death Star in the sky, that sort of ominous this this giant destructive machine in the sky like a like a moon you know, yeah. um, and it just it, it appears the, the way it. Appears and it and it's and it's there and and it 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 doesn't even look threatening unless you know what it is and and you do if you've seen if you've seen the other Star Wars movies. Um, so yeah, I think the visuals are, are breathtaking and I want to bring up the I'll say digital uh, the um, digital CGI choreography of the space battle scene which i will say definitively is the best space battle scene we've ever gotten Oof. from a star wars film Oof. i i wow. i think that that i i think that that's absolutely undeniable in my mind undeniable the 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 part where the the rebel ship sort of rams into the side of the the star destroyer and pushes it into the other one it's just like i just got goosebumps and like the little the eight-year-old kid inside me was screaming. Um, it was they, they were able to use the modern modern CGI technology um, in a way that you know was was uh, fun to watch and also not just excessively explosiony like like in the beginning. <laughs> not Michael of, Bay, essentially. Not Michael Bay. <laughs> not prequel Star Wars either. You know, if you look at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, which 
you know, again, I came out when I was young, so at the time I was like I loved it, and I, it still holds a special special place in my heart. But if you look at the battle at the beginning of that movie, it's like it's excessive. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's not intricately designed like like the one in Rogue One, and I I think that that whole sequence, the battle on the ground, the battle in space, and especially the moment where you get Darth Vader, which is the coolest Darth Vader has ever, well, ever. in terms of in terms of action, has ever been. Absolutely, that again, those. It's it's funny for me because those two elements for me are the lone <clears throat> are the lone good elements like that are undeniably great and standalone within the entire franchise of where that's the best that the franchise has to offer. It's the best cinematography and the best Darth Vader cameo at, at the very least like best I mean even shoot it's even his best just action sequence like bar none uh so it's it's hard to incorporate that and still say that it's overall a bad film, especially for Star Wars like quality. I mean, you're not like you're not judging this upon you know parasite uh, credentials, but no. When, but when we're talking about within the even spectrum of Star Wars films, I just when I see the the Bargoulet, uh gullet or whatever the heck uh, they say and it's this <laughs> monster that and it just offers no 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 purpose no clarity no 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 it just felt like a mistake is what it felt like yes. because well don't forget that Rogue One went through a lot of reshoots before it was released but why does that matter to me if I'm viewing it now I mean yes I, fair, I, fair, I, point, fair point fair point fair point um, post-apocalypse now, I mean, we found out that everything that went horribly wrong with that thing, and it's the reason why that's so pronounced of a good idea is that, yeah, oh my god, it had that many problems, and what we got was still great. It's a boon to the to the film that it came out so great, but but we don't we don't but, say. But I would Cleop argue, I I still think that the final product was great, and this this so is the. <laughs> this is the problem here. You're so cause, wrong. Because <laughs> I, well, this is the thing: is that I think that 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 Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was the best attempt at replicating what we got from the original trilogy since the original trilogy. I think well, Rogue One it took, is it the best Star Wars movie trilogy. since Empire. And and I know that you disagree with me. Well, I think I don't even think I don't even know where Empire stands with you, but. But I think that they were able to capture the sort of the dynamic between the characters um, and better action sequence. The the image of Darth Vader's lightsaber turning on in the darkness right before he's about to do the most Again, badass thing in the world. That's great. Is it just threw me back to the original trilogy and and because every time you see Darth Vader turn his lightsaber on, he's in like a dark. I don't know why the Empire doesn't have lights on their spaceships. <laughs> They can't. They can't afford it. They just like they no, can't afford. Uh, they put all their budget. Training. They put all their budget into mining um, kyber crystals. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but the, it's just the imagery is so wonderful, and the action sequences are great, in my opinion. But here's the thing: is that we don't. It's not like I'm presenting arguments that you haven't, haven't, haven't sort of 
seen yourself embraced yeah right and and you're not presenting arguments that i haven't you know again acknowledged we we just have a fundamental difference of opinion on on like i think something's good and, of these facts yeah. right i think something was great and you think it was terrible i thought the characters were wonderful and well developed considering it's only one movie um that that they had to develop these characters whereas if you look at the the new trilogy the characters had three movies and such poor planning went into that and and the characters like are so i find the characters to be so unrelatable and poorly developed even by the end of the third film i think that rogue one was able to do something in one film that 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 the uh, new trilogy the sequel trilogy wasn't able to do in three not even close uh, and I and I know that you disagree with that, and I I don't know that we're actually going to bridge this gap. I I hoped that seeing the movie for a second time might change your opinion somewhat, but I can't it get. Hasn't. Oh, I it literally I I think it's just a, a <laughs> I think it's just a an, an impasse where I I I don't know how to get over the bar goulet. Uh, section of the film, I, I li- it it will not allow me like no, that is such an incredible it, sin. Wh- what of is a film. it about it that that like? Because I didn't like it, but I didn't find no, it so it, offensive. So out comes SpongeBob's best friend Patrick Starr, and it's just it's wrapping its mind around this person that at the time. Okay, we get it. We get that this guy's the pilot. Okay, for some reason you don't trust him, even though every inkling of what the film has been directing you to feel is that this guy is a trustworthy person. Okay, whatever. So now we're, we're testing him. And, okay, so the lone fact that we find out about this entirely new being within the Star Wars universe is, oh, people, the only downside is, uh, because it will tell me the truth and I'll get to know it, is, oh, uh, you, you lose your mind. You tend to lose your mind. Got it. But the next time we see Saw Gerrera, he neither believes the truth that came out of the pilot, who the whole purpose of, of bringing this this monster upon your your lone resource was to gain the truth. He doesn't believe the truth that that exits him from that point. And then the maybe that's say, why he feels defeated and doesn't go with Jin. Oh my God! What a did you stretch before you made that type of yoga reach? My God! And then, <laughs> and then it's it's a it's like a Martha, you know, a la Batman versus Superman okay. moment of you're the pilot, and it just snaps him out of what was supposed to be like this this at least something. Like it just was like I am the pilot. Wait, I am the pilot. I'm sorry. What can you at least maybe like they part of their goodness is having to deal with you and then maybe you like sneak sneak back i would have enjoyed it had i don't know had they brought him along he's he's at a disabled part and then by the end he flies in and he's like i'm the pilot but the fact that it just happened so fast with no repercussions it it was okay it it was it was just very bad (laughs) that was a bad writing uh, like i can't as in i can't change like i can't that is not nearly like I, I see what you're saying and you're you're not wrong. I just it's not like it's not a deal breaker for me. Like I, I, I still find the movie to be thoroughly enjoyable and and as far as Star Wars Disney Star Wars goes, the only well actually I liked Solo too, but other than that, the only real success that, that they had. 
I, I again one more one more compliment to heap upon this pile of trash is uh, that I love Donnie Yen and Win Yang's uh, appearance as uh, the two guardians of the temple um, more mm-hmm. so than I even did the first time. Uh, both have very separate, distinct characters. Both are incredibly are incredibly well d- uh, done characters with the limited role that they were able to procure for themselves uh, within it. I enjoyed um, seeing their inclusion in it um, for <laughs> for many reasons, but uh, just the the fact of inclusion that that a, a, a starring role was something of a starring role uh, in such a prominent film, uh, at least in popularity, mm-hmm. uh, existed for them. I I that is something that I do think was nice that they made an effort to, to or maybe they didn't I really don't know but at least an effort was was made to go above and beyond to have such an inclusionary cast of characters that that I, I, I another boon to them brava great I I will say that the only so I I find that it's important to note that we knew what how this movie was going to turn out right because we We've seen the original trilogy. We knew how it had to end. They had to. They had to succeed and get the plans. And I can compliment. And we the knew film. that they all died. Well, yeah, not necessarily, but it, yeah, what, it they were all going like, to be Captain America and just. It seemed likely. Okay, <laughs> I I can compliment the writers and the filmmakers. Well, the re filmmakers, given that they had to reshoot a bunch, um, for for making the film intriguing to me not to you despite knowing how it was going to end by making it about making the story so rich in my opinion not in yours with character and and character development and 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 um jen and cassian on the beach together uh ready to die together in each other's arms they didn't fall in love and have a you know leave to some faraway planet and live their lives they they sacrificed themselves and they they held each other at the end and i thought that that was beautiful good conclusion to their journey throughout the film and i thought that that made the film interesting again despite knowing how the plot was going to turn out for the the greater plot of you know getting the death star plans you know, anyway. you're absolutely right. It was beautiful. I'm glad that they both died because then I didn't have to focus on their story anymore and we could get right to Darth Vader. I agree. Um, okay. <laughs> um, as for interesting, that's that's highly interpretive. All right. All right. So let's let's get to the final part of this. Let's see how, how it ranks. On a scale of 1 to 10 Death Stars, uh, you know, tracks, on destruction, how how highly do you rate this uh, film? Uh, on with in relating to other Star Wars films, sort of on that scale, you know, uh, or as a film, you know, just a film, quote unquote. Right. Uh, it is a bit of a difficult ask. Let's just go with let's. I guess let's just go with just as um, as. As a Star Wars film. As a Star Wars film, 9 out of 10. Yeah, as a Star Wars film, I'm going 2.5 out of 10. Wow. Bottomed out only by... I'll say the only, <laughs> the only 10 out of 10 for me is, is Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have a 10 out of 10? 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Empire, it's, it's almost impossible to not held that as the pinnacle. Of, right. Because that's just a, a great, even standalone film that I, again. For sure. <laughs> yeah, so, so I would just, I would hold that one in highest regard. Lowest regard is a, <laughs> I almost want to say episode nine. I, I'm so dissatisfied. Oh, Maybe yeah. time will be kind. But um, episode one is right behind it. And then you, you know the strong guy still number three have, is Rogue like, One. Episode one has a lot more strength than episode nine. I will say, like I, I agree that you know there's a lot wrong with it and it's really not great, but it has a lot more strong points than episode nine. Um, At least it has Darth Maul. I mean, that's everybody. Yeah. Everybody can agree on that. The and action pod sequences are, are are wonderful. The pod racing and the what they call I think the duel of fates, um, the lightsaber yeah, yeah. fight between Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and and Darth Maul, all, both amazing. Um, agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right. Well, that is all we have for you, the listening audience, today. Uh, we will be back soon with... Uh, well, we're going to have to find something non-Star Wars related. Maybe something Maybe something we'll both be more aligned in agreement about. Maybe, maybe that'll do it. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure knowing you, it's, uh, it's probably... We do agree on a lot. I will say I want the audience listeners to know <laughs> this we actually agree most of the time and this is true this is true this is one of our our rare fissures within our our cinematic view purview you know purview so we will find out together off camera off off uh <laughs> off video call off skype call and off of microphone what is uh best to next watch maybe something timely maybe something um coming up with do, are there is there such a thing as thanksgiving films is there is there such a is there such a one i don't think i <laughs> not really i don't not know really maybe we'll look maybe we'll find see if we can find something uh, <laughs> for uh david hoffman if you want to do you want to tell the people where to find you on on social yeah, you can find me. I'm an actor. My Instagram is David Hoffman, um, H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N, double N, underscore Double actor. the F, double the N. Exactly. That's me. David Hoffman, that... underscore actor on Instagram. All right. And I'm, of course, Philip Amrine. Thank you so much for listening uh, to another wonderful edition of Chopped Greens. Make sure to listen to the next episode that comes out for our Give Me Five section relating, possibly to this exact episode. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.